You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Home is where you should feel the safest, but the air there can be more dangerous, up to five times more polluted than outside air. Let us help you take the steps towards making it a healthier home with our Bryant Indoor Air Quality Solutions. We can help with everything from whole home air purifiers to indoor humidity control. To schedule an evaluation of your home's air, visit bryant.com to find a local dealer. Bryant, whatever it takes. Happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome back to the Tiwa Tash podcast. It has been a crazy hot week here in Vancouver. I think the hottest week of the year. I personally am dying, but I'm enjoying it because I know once that snow comes, we're all going to be bitching and complaining about the snow. So I'm going to take the heat while I can before everyone starts complaining. Okay? Okay. Anyways, the tea is piping hot here today as well. And before we get to our super exciting guest... Um, we're going to do Tea of the Week. And for those who maybe are new listeners or just pop in to say hello, Tea of the Week is our segment that we start off every episode with, talk about pop culture, fashion, beauty. We just started it. So if you guys have any questions, concerns, illnesses I may know about, and that's a joke, if you guys have any input, please DM us at Tea with Tash Podcast so we can give you guys the content that you deserve. So we're going to get right to the tea of the week so we can get to our super fun interview. All right. Story number one. The shocking text message from Chriselle Strauss's husband, Justin Hartley, filing for divorce. It's one thing to divorce your wife. Blindsided. I'm sure in that California area, it probably happens a lot. I don't know. I'm not married, nor have I been divorced, and I've never been blindsided by something like that. So... I personally would not know. However, I would just first off like to say, rest in peace to the show, This Is Us. Uh, Justin Hartley ruined it for you guys, and I'm very sorry. And I think your ratings are, I think they're going to go down. And it's not your fault. You guys are all talented. I just want you guys to know that. Um, But Justin looks like a douchebag on Selling Sunset right now. Even though he's not physically on the show, he might as well get paid by this show because they talk about him so frequently and obviously he's a big part of like the end of the season. Anyways, he frustrates me. So, a text message to your wife. Like, are we in high school? Who files for divorce from their wife through text message? Like, I can't get over it. Like, I get upset if someone texts me over calls me, like if you have something to say, give me a call, you know, especially if it has to do with divorce. And of course on the show, because Chriselle is on the show, I think they make him look like the bad guy. 
because he's not on the show, they're not paying him and they don't really care. He's just a free storyline. Um, and I do think that this is like 90%, 90% of her being blindsided and 10% of maybe her having some sort of like, maybe small issue that she knew about, but nothing that she thought would spark a divorce through text message. I can't get over that, you guys. Text message. Um, so I wanted to end that saying that like, we never know what happens behind closed doors. That happens behind your doors, my doors, anybody else's doors. Um, but yeah, Justin Hartley, you're a douchebag and you put your own show in low ratings. So cheers to you. Story number two, Christine plans this beautiful white Gothic wedding. Now at first I liked it. The white trees, beautiful. That's exactly what I want. If I can redo a whole church in white, I don't even know if they were in a church. Anyways, all white trees. Now, the one thing that pushed it off for me a little bit was the snow. And I don't know if I just have PTSD from like February when it was like a blizzard outside and I literally couldn't even drive my own car. My dad had to drive me around like I was in high school again. Personally, PTSD. Oh my God, I can't even speak. PTSD. Um, But... It was beautiful. It was. And I think that because everybody else wore white and she wore black, I kind of respect it. I'm a girl who likes to wear a lot of black. I do not shy away from black, white, grays, creams, off-whites, off-grays, off-creams. I have one, one red super puff. And trust me, people see me from a mile away and that's the only time that I'll ever get away with a color. I don't even know why I bought that color, but it did look super cute. Anyways, veering back to the colors, I love that she wore black and all her guests wore white, especially in California. Everybody's so beautifully tanned with their spray tans and or real tans and makeup and white. Everybody knows white elevates a tan. Everybody in Vancouver right now is wearing white. Why? Because it elevates a fucking tan. I respect Christine for this wedding. I hated the snow. I think she was beautiful. There was a little bit too many skulls and dark, 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 dark red roses for my liking. Uh, But she made a beautiful bride. Um, Can we also just talk about her bouquet for like one quick second? She had the smallest bouquet I have ever seen. I want everybody to go back to that episode and watch her walk down the aisle with a micro bouquet. The amount of money that this woman probably spent on this wedding and she could not get herself a beautiful bouquet. She got herself some grass to hold. Like, honestly. Honestly. I got a good florist. I got a girl. She's cool. She'll give you some beautiful roses. But it looked like... I don't even know what those little baby's breath or morning breath plant... You know, people, you know what I'm saying? The little white, little white flowers? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, I did not like it. That ruined it for me. The snow and the grass-like flowers that she was holding down the aisle, boom, done. Um, But everybody did look beautiful. And it just, I mean, I wasn't invited, but I just, I heard that it was a beautiful wedding. Okay, and story number three, before we get to our guest, I'm so excited. Story number three is the recent engagement of Tarek El Moussa. Is that how you say his name? Tarek El Moussa? The guy from HGTV? I'm getting a nod. Yes. Um, And Heather Ray Young. First of all, put your hand up if you think she's annoying. 
I have three people in the room right now that put their hand up. Well, 80% of my listeners claim that she is annoying AF with her flashy eight-carat ring, and this is not going to help us on the next season of Selling Sunset. The couple has been together for a year, and her boyfriend Tark proposed to her on their one-year anniversary, so a goodie to the couple, um, but Lord help us watching her trying to plan this wedding. I mean, her ring is absolutely stunning, but like a year... I don't know. I personally think it's fast, but I guess in California time, like everything speeds up a couple years. So, I mean, you got to nab him while you can, but he, but he's not from California, right? I'm getting head shakes. No. Okay. Interesting. Um, I think it's a interesting couple. I think she is kind of annoying and oddly skinny. She doesn't make sense. And she said she just wants water for lunch. Ooh, child, you need to eat something even a salad i'll take i'll take leaves with no dressing on them anything getting back to her eight carat ring i do think she's going to be annoying as fuck on this new episode or new season sorry if there even is a new season which i'm sure there will be because that's probably the easiest fastest binging show you could watch on netflix right now anyways i think she's an interesting character i think she's going to be annoying as fuck with this ring I'm kind of over her. I'm not even going to touch the Davina drama with a 10-foot pole. Uh, but that's the tea of the week. And I hope you guys are enjoying this segment. And again, let me know your guys' thoughts. Um, but I'm having so much fun doing them and giving you guys my thoughts on certain things that are happening during the week. And if there's anything big that you guys think we should talk about, please send me a DM. Or feel free to text me if you have my number. Or call a girl, because a girl likes a phone call. I hate text messaging. I'm not bad at it. It's not a thing. Um, oh my god, that was the longest pause ever. Which leads me to my guest. Uh, I'm so excited for this guest. It's been a couple, I was going to say a couple years. It's been a couple like weeks in the making. Um, for those who know, um, when I started this podcast, I reached out to friends and family who could help me i.e. music and Isaac Zales who is um who I interviewed this week for those who know him he is a local Vancouver rapper and um, a friend of mine also a member of the Burgundy Soul a collective that he founded with his friends and by the age of 20 Isaac had collaborated with Mick Jenkins Jaron Benton Sylvan LeCou and a bunch of more artists artists who have inspired him and we talk about his album, his inspirations, his plans for the future. And by fluke, Isaac's first single from his new album drops today called Oracle. So be sure to download that anywhere you guys can get your music. Isaac, I'm so excited that we got to do this. And thank you for letting me use your music. Um, in the interview, we talk about what one of his favorite songs are. And it's Eyelids. And he lets me use that song for this podcast. So Every time I hear that song, I'm grateful that I have friends, talented friends like you. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview and we'll see you guys next week. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Good. Welcome to the Tea with Tash podcast. Thank you so much for being on as a guest. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
How are you? How's your quarantine? What's going on? Uh, it's good. It's not bad. I can't complain too much. It's been uh, a lot of working. That's but, okay. Uh, you know, you know how it is. I know how it is. So for those who don't know, we have Isaac Zales on the podcast today. Um, he is the best guy ever. Like, we'll give you the shirt off your back. Gave me a song when my podcast was literally nothing, which is still, you know, we're getting there. But um, thank you so much for letting us use your music. It's perfect for my podcast, and it means so much coming from you. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for even even wanting it. Oh my god, of course. So tell us what's going on. What's going on in your life? I hear there's an album coming out. I hear there's a record deal. Give us a little tea on what's going on with you. Um, yeah, so... Uh, the last, like, two years, I've been pretty much um, working on this album with uh, my producer, Cherry, Cherry Blue, Sebastian, you know him. Um, Shout out to and, Sam. <laughs> yeah, like, we started we started uh, kind of conceptualizing the album when we were living in Toronto back in, like, 2018, and then... After Toronto, we moved back here. We dropped a little EP called Songs to Drown To. We went to L.A. for about a month. And then when we were in L.A. is when we really decided to collect 10, around 10 instrumentals, 10 beats that uh, sounded cohesive. And then from there is when we started writing and really, like, finalizing the project. And then it, it took up until, I think, March of this year. Wow, so just before COVID. <laughs> yeah, actually, maybe not. Maybe May. Maybe May. Wow, that's so crazy. Yeah, I mean, when I think of not only you, but I, uh, but sorry, not Isaac, you're Isaac, but um, Seb as well as you guys like singing in grade eight. And for those who don't know, myself and Isaac went to high school together. And I'm going to call you out, Isaac, but did the show choir thing. And yeah, cool. you know what? Like, Everybody remembers you as the kid, the cute kid in grade eight who could sing. And, you know, how does it feel looking back on that and seeing, you know, where you guys have come so far already? Um, It's kind of funny looking back at it because it, it obviously with like with the context that it has now, it's kind of like a bit foreshadowing. But um, in the moment, I was just kind of going with it like, oh, yeah, they want me to sing. I'll sing. Because um, I really didn't have any passion for it at the time. But um, it was more like the the craft of being able to make like full songs and stuff like that that really turned me on to it and um, made me realize, like, yeah, like singing is just, singing is cool, rapping is cool, but they're just kind of vessels to actually create like a composition. And that's where I was like just astonished of like all the possibilities that you could do just with like, writing a song and then executing it exactly the way that you see it in your head. Mm -hmm. And that kind of process is what like really turned me on to the whole uh, music industry and the whole process of making records. That's crazy. So speaking of the album, what can you tell us about the album? Maybe a little bit of inspiration behind the album and you know, where all that stuff came from. Yeah, for sure. So um, the album is called uh, none of the keys fit. And it's dropping on, actually, I can't say when it's dropping, but it's dropping in a few months. Uh, the first single for the album is dropping on August 19th, and it's called Oracle, Oracle. featuring Chewy. Uh, 
my guy from Sacramento. That's so um, cool. But yeah, so the the album is featuring Chewy, Eric Reprid, uh, who's actually from Vancouver, really good friend of mine, and Mick Jenkins, who is someone I've been looking up to since like I was super young, like 15, 16. And this was going to be our third collaboration, so I'm super excited for that. Wow. Uh, yeah, but the the album is pretty much um, bred from a kind of state of like frustration and anxiety and kind of just more so trying to fully fulfill like my own potential, especially in Toronto. I was kind of in like a a mental slump, I guess, where it was like, I knew what I could do and I knew what I, I was capable of achieving, but I just wasn't able to put it into action. And that's where the title comes from. Like none of the keys fit. Like I have them. I know I have the skills. I know I have the the talent what I, to do what I have to do. But just as of now, the keys aren't fitting. It's not that I don't have them. It's just they aren't working. So that's where the, the title came from. And then the f- following years from coming up with that title and the concept is when I guess my life and my career kind of started falling into place and like gradually they started fitting for you know to keep consistent with the metaphor but um that's where the kind of concept for the album comes from that's the backstory it's just really an album bred out of frustration Wow. I mean, it from my point of view, I mean, I've known you for a long time. So to see you go from my grade eight Isaac to this is it. I mean, speaking for myself, but also speaking for I'm sure a lot of your friends and family. I mean, we're so proud. I mean, Thank you. I, I'm sure you can hustle like anybody else. But tell me what it's like to have that creative process. Like, what is your creative process look like from maybe let's say writing a song like how do you let's say from one of your songs from your albums how did you go from start to finish and just figure it out yeah so for album cuts it would be a little bit different because when I put together an album I have like a concept in mind so I have exactly what I know I need to write about for every song so usually like I'll get the beat or I'll make the beat but for the album it was it was Cherry he made all the beats so I would wait for him to send me a beat and then um, I would just load it up into my computer because I do everything. I don't, I don't go to studios. I've never like, I've never released a song that I made in a studio. Every song that I've ever released has been made in this room that I'm sitting in right now. Is that your home. studio behind you there? Yeah. Like right there. Yeah. I've been in it. There. I've seen it. I've been yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll just do all the mixing and mastering here. I won't really, I don't really give my music to anybody until it's out like the only people that hear it are like my manager and then I just drop it so the process will be like Cherry will send a beat I'll load it up into my computer I'll kind of sit here play the beat and like on this little demo mic like I'll just come up with some flows or melodies or even on my voice my voice voice notes app on my phone I'll uh you just, just play around with me yeah so, yeah and then when I Go Sorry. ahead. No, go ahead. When I hear something that kind of clicks with me or I think is like a, a catchy little hook, I'll record that right away and then I'll fill the verses in after that. And that's pretty much just how I do it. 
So it's like a fill in the blank for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll start with the hook. I'll start with like the catchy elements. And then I'll use the verses to kind of bridge the concept of the story together. That's and, crazy. Uh, I mean, I've seen you live and I, I understand the feeling of people being drawn to you and the way that you go about your music and the way you perform it. But what do you think is something that draws people to you and your way of music? Um, um, I've been hearing a lot of people say that they really appreciate just the honesty and stuff. And especially lately, like, I've been writing and saying things that I probably wouldn't even say in real life to people because it's just kind of embarrassing or not something I'm, like, the most proud of. But I'll just put it out on a record because, like, if I don't say it there, I'll literally say it nowhere and then I'll bottle it up and it'll be bigger than it actually should be. Mm -hmm. So I think the honesty is a pretty important thing. And I think the blend of melody and like rapping so like the singing and then the rapping kind of makes the demographic a little bit broader because there's some people who dislike that percussive flowing rapping style and there's some people who dislike the melodies but if I'm doing both and I'm staying true to like the stuff that I like to listen to it kind of makes my demographic a little bit bigger wow and what I like about your rapping too is that it's not like all about bad bitches and Lamborghinis. Like, you know, like your stuff is way more relatable than most other typical rappers, which is what I appreciate because I listen to it and I'm like, okay, I get this thought. Whereas like, I don't have a Lamborghini. I don't get that thought. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Just wait till I get a Lamborghini. I'll be, I'll be switching off real quick. Okay. Well, I want to ride in it. <laughs> um, from your album, which is like your favorite song or one of the ones you're most proud of and why? Um, in my catalog now or in my album? Whatever. Honestly, you have so many. I'm sure you love them all. But which one is your, like, absolute favorite that, like, you think is, I don't know, your favorite? Hmm. Out of the songs that are out right now, I would probably say um, my song Eyelids with uh, Sylvan the Q. Just because I'm such a big fan of Sylvan, so just to have a song with him was kind of, like, mind-blowing to me. But, um... I think that might be my favorite. But on my album, I have a song with Mick Jenkins and it's called Seeds. And I knew like the second I made it that it was it was definitely my favorite song that I've ever made. And it's not out yet, so I wish like you would be able to reference it and hear it. Yeah. But uh, that's definitely like my favorite. Soon. Well, we're so excited. Um, one other thing I wanted to touch on is how did you go from the name change because you were a different name which was Zach Fluids and now you're Isaac Zales which I know you as Isaac so it was hard for me to call you Zach Fluids because I don't know you as Zach um but why the name change if you don't mind me asking the name change yeah um because well I picked Zach Fluids when I was really young right like I picked it when I was about 11 and I just kind of went with the flow and just dropped like music not so seriously under it and then gradually things kind of became more and more serious and I started like accumulating a fan base and I started having some industry people reach out and pay attention and then labels started reaching out and then it started to get a little bit bigger than I originally thought it ever would and um then 
I feel like a year or two years ago, I realized I was like, wow, like this is actually a career for me now. This is not just me fucking around. Oh, sorry. Can I say? Yeah, you can swear. (laughs) Yeah, you can swear. (laughs) This is not just me like fucking around in my basement anymore. Like I have a team. I have people who rely on me and I have like a, an actual brand. Like this is, this is how I'm going to make my money. This is pretty much my life. And I felt like I was hiding behind this alias that I, I formed when I was a child, like 11 years old. And I had no connection to the name. I, I didn't feel represented by it. And um, the music that I was making it turned turned into being just something that was so personal and um, so transparent to who I was as a person. And I thought, like, it's just weird to hide that and mask that behind an alias when I could just use my real name because that's, that's the music that like that's that's the name that this music belongs to because that's the person who's making it like i didn't feel connected to zach fluids it didn't feel like me anymore yeah and i wanted to take my my music in a more mature direction and um take myself more seriously too because like i would hear the stuff i was making and be like wow like i can't believe that i made this like i can't believe like we have these labels knocking on our door. We're getting all these meetings. We're getting like all these connections that I didn't think I ever would get. And then I look in the mirror and think that's not Zach fluid to the fuck. So yeah, I, I knew I was like, this isn't, this is like some, some dissonance here. So I'm going to fix that. So it's almost like Isaac Zale is the adult version of Zach fluids. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It just kind of felt like, and even my album cover is, um, it's a butterfly, so it's it's kind of, like, showing the, the metamorphosis of, like, what I was and what I started and then how just kind of life in general turned out and just the, full, the fulfilling of my own potential. And that's what the album and the name change kind of signifies or symbolizes. Oh, my God. That's awesome. I mean, I I'm, have a big smile on my face because, like I've said earlier, it's just... It's so nice to see people who know what they're good at and, like, can build a brand off of something like this. And it's not something you built overnight. Like, you didn't just get 90,000 followers or monthly listeners on Spotify, like, in the blink of an eye. You worked really hard for it. And being somewhat in the same circle as you and growing up with you, it's just, it's so nice to see that you're getting recognized for the work that you guys do and as much as you guys used to fuck around and have fun with it, like the fact that you can have fun and make money off of it and have fun and do what you love to do and not just work some nine to five job that you're going to be stuck in. You're, you're so lucky. Not that I'm not lucky. I'm just saying you are so lucky. Like it's, it's unreal to watch you as well from the outside looking in. And like I said, you should be so proud of yourself. Like it's crazy. Thank you. Yeah, um, it's it is pretty like it's pretty weird to even kind of like look back and see the see my own kind of growth and my own kind of progression. It's just really kind of yeah. weird to see and, that and how that was actually me. But right. And what do your parents think? Because I know your parents, or your I know your mom better than your dad. But are your parents excited for you? And like, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, uh, they're like they're not. Uh, 
they don't really know much about like what I even do. Like they're just kind of they don't get it. Yeah, in their life and like my parents. Are whenever the same. I speak to them, I'll give them some like uh, I'll let them know what's going on, and of they're course. like, "Oh wow, that's cool." <laughs> and um, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's good because they don't really understand our generation of like podcasting yeah. and music and rapping and like rapping to them yeah. is like some Italian music. Like it makes no sense to them, right? So yeah, I'm lucky because my dad actually like even when I was really young, he's always been like a big Jay Z fan, a big Kanye West fan. So having him be into that really kind of opened the floodgates for me listening to like if I was like that young listening to like Jay Z and like his the black album because that's that's the album my dad really liked i like um had a, a foot into like the type of music i ended up making and realizing like wow the black album by jay-z is like a legendary album and that's like a pretty good place to start so um i'm appreciative that my dad was into that stuff Yeah, and you don't realize how much our parents have, like, influence on what we do until I think maybe now at our age we're starting to, like, see, like, oh, my mom does stuff like this and my dad does stuff like that. Because even with me, not so much in music, because obviously I'm not a musician or a singer or anything, but I grew up listening to Beach Boys and ACDC and country music, whereas I hated all of that when I was growing up. But now that I'm older, I appreciate a little California dreaming once in a while. Or, you know, like the boppy shit. Yeah, and I have my parents to thank for that. So I'm sure they're so proud of you. Um, But what can we expect from the Isaac Zale brand? Other than an album, are you guys doing merch? Are you guys, like, hoping once COVID's done to do, like, a small tour? Like, can you give us any details on that? Yeah, actually, I was was actually supposed to be on a tour, like, a few months ago. (laughs) But um, that was obviously planned out before the whole pandemic hit but um yeah i was i was supposed to do a little uh canadian tour in january and then another tour i think end of february march but both of those had to get obviously postponed yeah um supposed to be in new york right now actually for a music video but yeah. um shout out ben beal is my my friend he's got uh, we got a song together we got a couple songs together actually but he's out in new york i was supposed to go there and shoot a video with him um, so all that's postponed until after, uh, COVID, after the pandemic. Um, whenever that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for now, it's just the album. We are, uh, just working closely with the label now to make sure, like, that the music is done, that the product has been handed in, but now it's just kind of the marketing and the, the making sure that the distribution goes as smoothly as possible. And, um, just getting content to support that. So like music videos for the album, little kind of maybe like TikToks or yeah, yeah. whatever the music industry wants us doing now. So there's that. Um, Cherry and I are working on our sophomore album already. I have a four track EP ready to go um, for after the album drops. So I won't be having to, to scramble and be like, oh no, I have to make another project. I got that one ready. So it'll go album, EP, a bunch of singles, another album next year, a merch drop hopefully in January. Uh, yeah, and then uh, I'm just kind of working on um, just different business avenues. Like since I uh, I do a lot of mixing and ma- well, I do all my mixing and mastering process for my music. 
I kind of wanted to work on developing softwares for um, other audio engineers, like plugins or like things that uh, they could download on their computer to kind of um, help their process and stuff and then kind of really expand my brand that way. That's awesome. And um, I did put on my Instagram of people asking questions and the number one question that they all had was um, your process in which of how you got from where you are to a record label. So what was that process kind of like? Like how did, did they approach you? Did you approach them? Because I know obviously in some movies you see that people hand yeah. in CDs or, you know, I don't know what an EP is, but it sounds like you'd something you'd hand in. Um, is it something along those lines or am I sounding crazy? anything in like um my manager Kayvon he uh he lives out in New York and he's not kind of on my own um and usually what that leads to is the people who work at the labels stumbling across the music and then sending an email so Back in 2017, 2018, I was working out of, uh, I was working with a label in LA. So I was flying from Toronto to LA pretty much every month. And um, I never actually ended up signing that deal because looking at it now, or actually even looking at it then, the contract would have not been the safest thing for me to do with my career. So we denied it. And then um, I just went back to Toronto, kept uh, making music, kept just dropping it, uploading it to the internet. And by doing that, I was developing an actual fan base. Like I was getting followers of people who genuinely enjoyed the music without a label. And we were getting on these big Spotify playlists and all these like placements in the industry that actually mean a lot and uh, are something that labels strive to get for their artists. So we were doing it independently. So by doing that, we had um, all these these labels kind of sending emails and checking in and uh, I went to New York and took a meeting out, out there, went to L.A., took a meeting there, and then I ended up signing with Opposition, which is uh, a company that has an office here in Vancouver. And that was actually a reason why I, I was I felt really passionate about signing to them because I didn't have to go anywhere. I could just stay in Vancouver, and my team is now here, which for the first time in my whole career, my team is is in my hometown, which was, like, amazing for me. Yeah, that's got to mean a lot and, to you, hey? Yeah, so I think I think uh, the way that connection came together, um, I think they either emailed me or my, my friend Gavin, uh, who's part of my Burgundy Soul Collective, may have sent some of my music their way, and then they, they reached out. But we... we with my current label and I uh, came into contact with each other like a year and a half ago. So I don't even really remember the exact way our connection started. Yeah. I think maybe every situation is probably different. Um, Either way you all have to hustle. You all have to do the work. Like it's not just going to be handed to you on a silver platter. Um, Tell us a little bit about the um, Burgundy soul stuff you have going on as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So, um, like, Burgundy Soul originally was just, like, like a label, kind of like a brand that um, me and Cherry started. And then um, when I went to university, 
for for like one semester i met um this kid in my in my uh one of my lecture halls and um he was saying like he liked rap or something and i had like a mixtape that i made in my bag so i had pulled it out and handed it to him and like he thought it was just the funniest thing because like like first day university i was just handing kids my mixtapes and um we ended up having a couple classes together and his name's gavin turns out he's like one of my best friends now like i see him all the time i invited him into burgundy soul and he does a lot of the behind the scenes stuff so he's kind of like pretty much the glue to like the operation for the collective and then similar story with cherry he went to a different university that than i did and he met alexis who goes by lex and she's a dope singer and they uh they met up in a couple classes that they had together and they started hanging out so then uh lex and cherry and then me and gavin started all hanging out and kind of just creating and like we realized we really got along together and the product was really cool so we just kind of really like formed the collective with gavin and alexis in it as well and that's kind of where we are now so we're just we meet up like once a week and we work on like group group music so the process for that is usually cherry will make a beat uh alexis and i will work on melodies and lyrics We'll record it at my place and then I'll mix and master it and then it's done. That's so it's it. just like another side gig that you do. Like you wear so many hats. Oh my yeah. God. Aren't you tired? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll also like mix and master for other artists too, if they need it like on the side. And, um, it's fun. It keeps me sharp for when I have to mix my own music. Um, but yeah, that's just, I'm just constantly doing something. That's awesome. Well, we're so happy for you. We're excited for the album. The whole Tea with Tash team is excited, and we're going to share the shit out of it when it comes out. We're excited to listen to all the music. Lastly, just tell us where we can find you on Instagram, Spotify, and all that stuff. Yeah, sure. So it's it's Isaac Zale, I-S-A-A-C-Z-A-L-E. And that's on all platforms. Awesome. Well, Isaac, thank you so much for joining us and thank you for letting us use your music. We're so excited to have a piece of you and, you know, we both come from the same place. So it's kind of nice that we have a piece to kind of hand over to one another. And like I said, we're so proud and so excited for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks, Isaac. You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes.